Hey, Outcomes Rocket friends. Thanks for tuning in to the podcast once again. As a leader in healthcare, you have big ideas, great products, a story to tell, and are looking for ways to improve your reach and scale your business. However, there's one tiny problem. Healthcare is tough to navigate and the typical sales cycle is slow. That's why you should consider starting your own podcast as part of your sales and marketing strategy. At the Outcomes Rocket, I've been able to reach thousands of people every single month that I wouldn't have otherwise been able to reach if I had not started my podcast. Having this organic reach enables me to get the feedback necessary to create a podcast that delivers value that you are looking for. And the same thing goes if you start a podcast for what you could learn from your customers. The best thing about podcasting in healthcare is that we're currently at the ground level, meaning that the number of people in healthcare listening to podcasts is small but growing rapidly. I put together a free checklist for you to check out the steps on what it takes to create your own podcast. You could find that at outcomesrocket.health slash podcast. Check it out today and find a new way to leverage the sales, marketing, and outcomes of your business. That's outcomesrocket.health slash podcast. Welcome back once again to the Outcomes Rocket Podcast, where we chat with today's most successful and inspiring health leaders. Today, I have a wonderful guest for you. His name is Dr. Stefano Bini. He's a professor of clinical orthopedics at UCSF Hospital. He's a professor at orthopedic surgery specializing in hip and knee replacement, which their department is ranked top six departments in the U.S. He's a founder and chair of the Digital Orthopedics Conference, known as DOCSF, and the Regenerative Orthopedic Conference, ROCSF, both held in San Francisco. DOCSF aims to bridge digital health and clinical orthopedics and thereby catalyze the adoption of digital health tools in the musculoskeletal vertical. ROCSF aims to bridge biotech, research, and the patient. Dr. Stefano Bini is deep into this. He's so niched down, and he has a passion for helping patients improve their outcomes, but also a passion for bringing together the orthopedic community to take their practice to the next level. So it's a pleasure that I have Dr. Bini here on the podcast. Welcome. Thank you. It's a pleasure to have you here, Dr. Bini. Now, what is it that got you into the healthcare sector to begin with? Well, you know, being a surgeon and being involved with digital technologies basically since the late 90s, it was becoming more and more obvious that as the technologies were maturing, their potential impact in, in the delivery of healthcare was going to really help us get to that old triple aim uh, that people have been talking about for so long that have been sort of challenged for the U.S. Uh, healthcare system, which is access, improving access across the country to folks who may not be near major medical centers like the University of California, San Francisco decreasing the cost by optimizing uh, resource utilization. And we're starting to see AI really make an impact in that. And then we also have the issue of cost. So it's really, that's a little bit harder to prove that we're decreasing costs because it's such a fudging, how cost is calculated in healthcare is really difficult to measure. But we're seeing some, uh, and we've done our own research on this area where some of these technologies are really decreasing the cost of providing care. So I think the, the vision is sort of working itself out that digital health will be one of the solutions to get to the AAA. Now, that's for sure. Uh, and Stefano, and, and as we think about these technologies, we've had several guests in the past approach this. And, and one of the ways where costs do get reduced is, is access, just having digital aspects of ways to access care. What are your thoughts on that? 
Well, actually, I've got a great example for you. So a couple few years ago, when I was still at Kaiser Permanente, I did a study, uh, perspective, randomized control study with a uh, partner called, company called Capture Proof. And they had an asynchronous video platform. And we theorized that if we're able to manage patients after surgery using videos that were created by our physical therapist that would send to the patient to use at home without coming into the hospital, and then have them videotape themselves and have this video conversation with our therapist that it could be managed at home and, uh, and have equivalent outcomes. So we did a prospective randomized controlled trial, as us surgeons like to do, and the outcomes were identical. We had no decrease, no, no change in the clinical outcomes, but the patient satisfaction was through the roof. And one of the great stories uh, around that was that one of my patients came back for a second knee replacement. And unbeknownst to me, he was in the office and he was just going ballistic. He was really getting really angry with my nursing staff. And I didn't know who it was. I got up and I get out and I go, oh, John, what's going on? That's a fictitious name, by the way. Uh, <laughs> John, what's going on? And he said, uh, well, blah, 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 blah. I, want, I want my health loop. And I said, what's, well, what happened was that he had, he had signed up for the research project, but it randomized out into standard physical therapy and he was livid because wow. he, he, he had experienced the video experience and being able to do this at home he didn't have the support system to drive him to the hospital for the physical therapy visits it was a long wow. way for him and he was livid he was an ex-football player six foot four he was intimidating all my staff but he hmm. i had to random i had to take him out of the research project and just give him the app so that he could uh Yes, we could be happy again. That's a great story, uh, Stefano, and, and an, a great example of how, yeah. how these technologies are helping. It was a 70% decrease in resource utilization. Wow. And when we think about the strains on, on the healthcare system, we're talking about a 70% decrease. That's enormous. Can you give an example of the listeners of how you and your organization, maybe we could shift uh, focus to DocSF. How are you guys improving outcomes and the way healthcare is, is performing with that? Um, well, DocSF, the Digital Orthopedics Conference, is an event that's designed for leaders in the healthcare space to come together in a networking event and share and actually um, hear from startups that have been successful in decreasing the uh, in establishing a foothold in the healthcare system. So we have a big competition. We then select four startups in one of two spaces that come and show not a don't they don't pitch, they're not allowed to pitch. What they do allow to do is to present a case study where they went into hospital, impacted outcomes, and shared the ROI with the leadership in the room. So that everybody who wants to get into that space sees how it works. And so, for example, last year we had, uh, we're focusing on artificial intelligence. And uh, LeanTAS, which the company that presented, came in with some of the work they'd done going into hospital systems. And they had basically we asked, uh, I think, the UC Colorado was one of the best examples where they went into their operating rooms, looked at a year's worth of data, or eight months worth of data they downloaded from the electronic health record. And then they applied their AI algorithms and a little machine learning to figure out what opportunities the operating room had. And they had, with a relatively small investment, something like a $15 million return in the first year Huge. just by optimizing. It wasn't even the complicated, politically dangerous area of block reallocation where you take time away from one surgeon to give it to the other. It was more about looking at some of the levers that are easier to pull, like block release times. So that is when a block is not, a block being a certain block of time in the operating room for a specific room. If a surgeon hadn't filled it within, say, you know, there was nothing scheduled for two weeks from now, they'll give it to somebody else. That's a little bit easier to do. And like I said, they're able to increase their margins by you know, $15 million in an operating room is only about 2 to 3%, but still, it's a big chunk of change. 
Oh, it's a huge chunk of change that could be reallocated in a big way. Now, listeners, I had a chance to connect with Dr. Beanie, and he's definitely driving this innovation in the in the orthopedic space. And uh, one of the things that really sort of resonated with me is is his focused approach. Right, he's very very honed into orthopedics. So, Stefano, I wanted to ask you: Is how did you land on that? And and was it something that you learned early on that maybe you had a setback? that helped you say, you know what, I got to focus clearly. How did you land on, on just being focused on ortho? It's not so much that I had a setback is that I've watched everybody else have a setback. You know, <laughs> Apple, Google, you know, yeah. Amazon. No one's hit it out of the park yet. And you're wondering why is it? And my, mm-hmm. my thought as I looked at that, having been a champion of change management, sort of my, my thing is try to drive change within large organizations is that if you bite off too much, you're inevitably going to fail. I don't care how big and how many resources you have. It's just a human condition can't handle too much change at once. Healthcare is one-fifth of the U.S. economy. How do you tackle healthcare? Everybody wants to be the platform. Well, you know, things are different in Georgia, Louisiana, California, New York. Everything from culture to the actual problem needs to be solved varies. You just can't be that nimble. You can't be that flexible. Within healthcare, the variation in practice from a surgeon to a primary care physician varies tremendously. And within surgery, we were talking earlier, cardiothoracic surgeons' challenges are not the same as an orthopedic surgeon's challenges. So my thought was that, okay, well, we don't even know what part of the digital economy within was going to apply to healthcare effectively because we've mm-hmm. obviously the last to adopt all these technologies. So we don't really know what works yet. So if you're going to do that, why don't you focus on one vertical? Why don't you focus on a vertical that's already integrated where the patients themselves are relatively healthy, so you don't have the variable of patient illness, where the cycle times are short enough that a VC can actually invest into a venture and have a short and quick return on investment because the cycle time is not 20, 30 years like it is in diabetes. So, for example, in orthopedics, most injuries are resolved within six months at the most a year, and you can actually get to the outcome. Whereas with something like diabetes, which plays out over 20 or 30 years, you can measure process outcomes like sugar control. But in terms of actually looking at mortality or some of the diabetic complications, you're going to have to wait a long time to see if what you did made a difference. So orthopedics also, it's centralized. It's not in every single clinic. It's become even more centralized. The government is focusing on it. So you've got the full power of the FDA and CMS helping you sort of drive change in that space. So it's a really fantastic vertical to focus on. And it's, uh, like I said, it happens to be the one I work in. So that was an easy choice. That's outstanding. And folks, if you haven't had a chance to check out DocSF, just go to docsf.ucsf.edu. You'll be able to find the tremendous work that's being done there at the moment. And fascinating, right? Taking notes from all others that have failed. It is so important to niche down. We had a previous guest, Gavin Teo, he's over at B Capital Group. And one of the things that he mentioned was poignant. It was healthcare is not a vertical, it's an economy. And much like Dr. Beanie is now telling us, he chose a vertical within healthcare. And I think as as we look to innovate and move the needle forward in healthcare, we got to do like Stefano and, and choose a vertical within healthcare and focus, focus, focus. What would you say one of your proudest medical leadership experiences is to date? Stefano? You know, I think launching DocSF and seeing the resonance it's had, it was such a novel idea when I started, th- started talking about it four years ago, this idea of asking people that run entire healthcare system to focus their time and resources on one vertical was a little bit out of the box. 
and its success has, has been quite a source of pride, I suppose. But I have to say that within the beauty of being in healthcare is the ability to actually impact patient lives. And without sounding too, they, some of the things that we've done, actually, you can go into a patient clinic visit. We did a lot of work at UCSF recently deploying a patient engagement platform called Health Loop, and patients love it. And I'm sure they love all the other platforms as well. But it's just so, it's gratifying because you've done that work and you go in and people say, but I really like that Health Loop thing. It's been great. The connectivity is super. I get an answer in a couple of hours or a couple of days. And that's gratifying. So there's um, you know, taking your skills and applying to leading this sort of change in the world of healthcare we are solving problems that people have. We're really, truly making their lives easier. And I think that in and of itself is very gratifying. If you get a chance and you're lucky enough to be at the front lines talking to patients about it, it's really wonderful. If you're the person creating the product, you may not get as much feedback to direct, but it's really part of, the, part of why, what makes it so exciting to work in. That's awesome. Yeah. And, and folks, you've heard a couple of references to Health Loop. It is a fascinating patient engagement tool. Uh, take a look. That's healthloop.com. If you're curious, uh, I know that the story of, of Dr. Beanie's patient wanting it really made me sort of want to figure out what it was. So if you're trying to figure out what it is, there you have it. Oh, just Tell to us- be clear, the, the patient who was making a fuss was the Capture Proof, which is a video oh, platform. Ah, Capture is actually an engagement platform. Got it, got it. It's like what's additional Fantastic. emails every day. This is what you should do. This is what to expect. Was Capture Proof is a asynchronous video platform that allows um, well, not video, but also photo to compare images over time and to create a, I think we call it a visual, a visual history. Anyway, it's it's a different technology, but there are also all these technologies are getting to the question you first mentioned about access and how do you create. How do you optimize access in a world that now is all digital enabled? I mean, the idea that patients will want to, in say 15 years, drive for an hour to sit 20 minutes in my office before I get a chance to actually visit with them, then to drive home and have lots of their work. In this, in today's world, where people are going to want us to hologram into their homes and track their sensors and visit them with these asynchronous technologies, there's no question. So it's coming. No doubt about it. And it's cool that you guys are so honed into the ortho space uh, on it. So I know that you're a practicing physician and you also have this, this innovation forum with DocSF. There's a lot of exciting stuff going on. But if you had to pick one exciting project that you've got going on right now, Stefano, what, what would you say that is? My favorite project right now it revolves around my research. We are uh-huh. doing work with several wearable sensor com- technology companies. And we're asking a question whether, whether we can use these commercial sensors that people are wearing for their own personal reasons or their sensors are actually built into their watch or their iPhone or their phone, general, not to, not to pick on a phone. And <laughs> yeah. take that information, run it through AI algorithms using machine learning to see if we can actually predict outcomes. But more than predict outcomes, manage an outcome. So... Let's just say you have surgery and uh, you have an ACL repair or total knee replacement or a shoulder surgery. And we know that you're going to have a certain recovery period. Today, my actual data set is what happens after you leave the operating room. Your first visit after surgery, usually a week or a month out, but there's a time frame. And then another time frame. So the two and maybe the emails and phone calls we have in between. That's it. Yeah. But you take, you drive home. And you have a car that has about 50 sensors, five microprocessors, a dashboard that's feeding information by the second so you can drive home safely. 
Why do not I have a dashboard like that for my patients in mm. 2018? The technology is there. So what we have to see is what data points are useful, how many data points you have to collect, and over what time frame. So we've been collecting hundreds of thousands of data points on patients, and we're starting to see some real patterns emerge to the point that we're now predicting outcomes that will happen in six weeks and two weeks. So two weeks, I know exactly, or have a very good sense of where this particular patient will be at six weeks. So that's, if that's the case, say, look, you're looking like you need, you're going to need more help in the future. Mm-hmm. Can I intervene at two weeks and put you back on path, right? For someone, yes. but not generically, but how can we get it down to precision medicine type stuff? In other words, how can I get it down to the path that you're following? Is the appropriate path for someone your gender, your age, that lives in your neck of the woods? Because in Japan and the United States, it's going to be very different. That's the holy grail. That's pretty awesome. Now, the research that you're doing is is sort of defining a structure for patient-reported data that will help within the, the space? You know, that's the thing about where we are today. When you find if you try to do this a little bit more scientifically, we don't have a clue, even the basic, right. like how many data points do we need? Is it every second, every minute, every hour? Do you need them every day? Is it okay to get an average? How many of those data points are actually useful? Do you need step count, STR count, and how, many, how far you've climbed, or what, what heart rate is that valuable? We don't know any of that yet. It's yeah. really been built. So to get to the point you just mentioned, which is sort of a far down the road complex database, I think we have to work on getting our infrastructure in place first, which is basics. And that's what I'm working on now is trying to understand what the basics are. And there's other people working on it too. So I expect this will go relatively quickly. That's awesome. And if people were curious about this work, where, where could they check it out? Oh, unfortunately, right now it's still in the scientific oh, community. The- so we're presenting, we sent awesome. in a bunch of abstracts to the American Academy of Big Surgery, American Association of Japanese Surgeons. Once the research is either published or uh, presented, then we're going to be making it available on the, I tend to publish a fair amount of stuff on LinkedIn, but usually some digital health stuff. So got it. I'll sort of mention it. No sweat. And folks, again, talking to Dr. Stefano Bini, digital health innovator, Doc SF conference chair, professor of orthopedic surgery at UCSF. We're having a great discussion here. Getting close to the end, though, we've got a, a little section of the of the podcast, Stefano, where we build a leadership course with a lightning round. And then after this, we'll conclude. So you and I are going to build a leadership course on what it takes to be successful in digital orthopedic medicine today. It's the 101 of Dr. Stefano Bini. Four questions here for you, followed by a book that you recommend to the listeners. You ready? Yeah. All right. What's the best way to improve healthcare outcomes? Measurable metrics that people can control and focus on outcome and not process. Love it. What's the biggest mistake or pitfall to avoid? Focusing on technology and forgetting that culture change is a prerequisite to successful deployment of technology. How do you stay relevant as an organization despite constant change? So we had a whole session on that at DocSS last year for our leadership segment. It is really hard. Because you have to have, on one hand, a culture of innovation, which is completely at odds with the group that's actually driving your day-to-day products that you've been famous for that's made you popular. Mm -hmm. So keeping a foot on both is critical. It's the acknowledgement that you need to have a section of your company that's allowed to freewheel and freethink and is, a, and is sort of given a different buy and a, the resource allocation necessary to get their work done. And then once they come up with a tenable project, you have to have the leadership skills necessary to, to deploy it internally. The last piece of that, and the talk that I'm saying that I say all the time to companies, is that there's a lot of companies out there that think that digital health and technology is something that they add on, that they sell to their customers, whereas internally, 
they're still paper-based. If the company expects to sell technology, they internally have to look in the mirror and say, where can we adapt internally? What can we do better internally that utilizes technology? Because otherwise, it's impossible. It's like somebody selling you something that they didn't know anything about, they have no experience with. So I think that that's an important thing to take home is, okay, that's great. I'm selling technology. This is for the established companies that want to get into, whether it's blockchain or virtual reality or whatever. But internally, they're still doing email. They don't even have a, they don't even use, say, Slack. It's like, okay, where do you think you're going to be credible in five years? That's awesome. That's a great message. So you got to eat your own cooking. Yeah, absolutely. You can't sell something you don't even know. You just can't. At some point, somebody who does walk the talk is going to get the business better than someone who just talks to talk. What a great takeaway there. Folks, again, the beauty of the podcast is that you could always hit rewind, listen to it again uh, during your next run. Great, great discussion here with uh, Dr. Stefano Bini. And the last question here, what's the one area of focus that should drive everything in a health organization? The patient. Love it. The simply- It's a short and sweet answer. I love it. What book would you recommend to the listeners? It'll always be a good true north, sorry. No, that's okay. What book would you recommend to the listeners? Besides mine? <laughs> <laughs> well, tell us about yours. We'll put a link to the podcast and then one besides yours. Oh, excellent. It's called The Team Engagement Strategy. And it came out of the learnings I had at, when I was uh, running large teams at Kaiser Permanente. And then I resigned from a bunch of those roles and still had to lead change, but without the stripes on my shoulder. And what it focuses on is it creates a relatively novel build on other techniques about how to engage the front lines to solve their problems that they want to solve for a long time and support their success. And in that environment, the leader as a supporter, support system, as opposed to a driver of change, the distributed leadership model is front and center. And it's a short little tiny book. And unfortunately, the typeset is extremely small. I apologize for that. It's like, no, I should be public. Get your glasses out, people. But it's a good one. Sapiens? Sapiens from Yuval Noah Harari. Do you know him? That was an amazing book about the human condition. I think that's pretty impressive. Outstanding. Folks, you could take a look at these books, Team Engagement Strategy and Sapiens, along with the transcript of our podcast show notes. Everything could be found at outcomesrocket.health slash Stefano. And uh, check us out there. You'll be able to play it on the player. Some great transcripts where you could click on it right where you want it to start. Stefano, this has been a blast. I've really enjoyed having this discussion on digital health and orthopedics with you. If you can, just leave the listeners with a closing thought and then the best place where they could get in touch with you. Closing thought, the worst lie ever perpetrated by Silicon Valley is to fail often and fail fast. That's fine for them. But when they fail, they never call it failure. They call it judicious use of resources across multiple risky allocations. The (laughs) truth is that we don't necessarily fail. There are options. We do the best we can as leaders in our space. But it's such a negative concept. I think we have times it doesn't succeed, but that's very different from failure. So yeah, don't fail. Don't fail often. Just do your best and succeed as much as possible. But don't it's just it's just not a good idea. <laughs> I love it. That's a great message. And what would you say the best place the listeners could get in touch with you or follow you? LinkedIn, probably the, the place I post the most. I do track a fair amount on, uh, on Twitter as well. That LinkedIn is where I post more, more, most of my interesting thoughts. Outstanding. No, it's good. Listeners, if you were intrigued by today's podcast, which I'm sure you are, just go to outcomesrocket.health slash Stefano, and you'll find links to his Twitter, LinkedIn, his, his Doc SF conference, as well as the books that he recommended. 
Stefan, it's been a pleasure and uh, looking forward to staying in touch. Looking forward to it. Absolutely. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Hey, Outcomes Rocket friends. Thanks for tuning in to the podcast once again. As a leader in healthcare, you have big ideas, great products, a story to tell, and are looking for ways to improve your reach and scale your business. However, there's one tiny problem. Healthcare is tough to navigate and the typical sales cycle is slow. That's why you should consider starting your own podcast as part of your sales and marketing strategy. At the Outcomes Rocket, I've been able to reach thousands of people every single month that I wouldn't have otherwise been able to reach if I had not started my podcast. Having this organic reach enables me to get the feedback necessary to create a podcast that delivers value that you are looking for. And the same thing goes if you start a podcast for what you could learn from your customers. The best thing about podcasting in healthcare is that we're currently at the ground level, meaning that the number of people in healthcare listening to podcasts is small but growing rapidly. I put together a free checklist for you to check out the steps on what it takes to create your own podcast. You could find that at outcomesrocket.health slash podcast. Check it out today and find a new way to leverage the sales, marketing, and outcomes of your business. That's outcomesrocket.health slash podcast.